Now, on this Invest Talk podcast, Steve Peasley listens to your questions. I'm hoping you can explain the hit on metals of mining. Quick question on ticker symbol AG, first majestic. My wife has a rollover 401k from a previous employer. I was curious if this is eligible to be used to do a backdoor Roth. And provides unbiased answers. Well, that's pretty easy. Open up a Roth account, start moving the assets over there. Just know that every asset that you move over to the Roth is added to your income. Invest Talk across America and around the world. Your participation makes it unique. 888-99-CHART. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. It is Monday, March 14th, 2022. I'm Steve Peasley, and I love doing the show. I love listening to your calls on this podcast and helping you answer those questions that you might have. And, you know, you drive the show. You make it go where it wants to go based on what your financial questions are. So it's time to listen. I will provide you with a, my best unbiased answer I can give. I have a bunch of software in front of me to help me with that. And that's how, that's where I'm getting a lot of the data was from my software. So when you do call, that's when I'm typing in things and trying to get the information for you as fast as possible. And by now, you should be obvious that at some point in your life, you're going to have to take care of your own financial needs and long-term planning and retirement. I mean, it's obvious. So the sooner you start, the better off you're, you're, you're going to be. Your applied strategy, whatever that is, will be much more successful if you start early. So, with that said, and I've always told you the market can be volatile and unpredictable, and we've been witnessing the circumstances playing out in Russia, Ukraine, and remember the Fed's meeting Wednesday. They're going to raise the rates. So we have a lot. This is We're in the middle of a cycle of change, and the market doesn't like change. You can tell that by the extra volatility we're getting, and it's a lot of down volatility. So now don't think down volatility is all terrible. It also prevents, I mean, also produces at some point opportunities. You know, and I'm seeing some opportunities out there that are looking pretty good. I'm not saying that we jump in back in with any cash we have right this minute, but, boy, you should really sharpen up your watch list that you're thinking about wanting to own, you know, because we all, the market has a bias to the upside. But it's not always a one-way street, not always. But it does have a bias to the upside, so you need to be ready to take advantage of that bias. Okay? But, of course, this show is more uh, answering your specific questions about anything financial, Many of you have stock questions, obviously, but we'd like to see if we can broaden that out as much as we can to any financial questions. Okay, so if you have one, please give me a call. And we promise, as we always state, you know, our mission statement, we have independent thinking and shared success, and we promise you that we'll give you accurate information and we'll try to explain the process that we use. We'll try to... You know, anything, any educational segments, we try to, 
you know, explain that so you can actually use them and implement them. That's really what we want to do here on Mess Talk. So we're live, 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. We're live right now. Uh, and you can call after hours, too, and leave your question anytime you want, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But right now we're live, and the number is 888-99-CHART. And that's the number all the time, 888-992-4278. So let's get right to our first listen line question. Hi, my name is Zach. I'm calling out of Minnesota. My question is in regards to Starbucks, ticker S-B-U-X. No, 12, 16 months ago, Justin had mentioned that a, uh, a good entry point for Starbucks was right around $35, $80. Just curious on what a, what you guys would think a good entry point for Starbucks would be now. I have it on my watch list and looking into pick up a position for a long-term hold and been watching it hover right around this $95 price for the last couple of weeks. So wondering if now is a good time to maybe get in or if it could be going down a little bit lower. Love to get your opinion on a good price. Thank you. Well, that was a week ago and today it's $79.29. So um, I, I, it looks like 80 was a pretty strong support area and I, I don't know if they're going to give up this area yet but it looks like that's a very strong support area the next one that's coming in is right around 70 um, and if you're looking to buy Starbucks be patient there's no big rush to get into this it, this is this will be a buying opportunity at some point uh, they're gonna make three dollars and 92 cents next year and it's a 79 dollars stock so you're right around 20 PE. And that's the lowest it's been in five years, 19. So wait till it stops falling. Where it's going to stop falling, I don't know, but it's continue, It's a downward spiral so far. So just let it fall. Don't try to catch it while it's falling. Don't try to, the saying is don't try to catch a falling knife because you're going to get cut. Wait till it stops. Let it go sideways for a few days and maybe even start up. Then buy it. That would be a higher... Uh, odds to it having a sustainable up move. It's not cheap yet. Don't think it's cheap, but 20 PE is not a cheap company. Okay, it's a $91 billion company. It's still growing pretty nicely. Uh, It's got great fundamentals, but it's not cheap. But it is becoming fairly priced, in my opinion. Pretty close. It's down to $70, man. That's, 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 That's pretty good. Pretty good. Okay, uh, my focus point today is based on the story behind the headlines. U.S.-listed Chinese shares are falling again. I want to talk about the China. Another talking point I have is the Chinese stock market overall. So we'll talk about that today. Um, And they've been under a lot of pressure, the Chinese stock market. Also, um, did you see Ford is selling its Explorer SUV without some chips (laughs) that it needs? So I'll mention that. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. Amazon 24 one split. We talked about it. We talked about that, but I want to share a little bit more information. And um, I, I, have you probably haven't seen this. It certainly hasn't been in the news. But I, I read a couple of articles recently how big office tower buildings and big cities are are financially in big trouble. Big trouble. And... You know, we mentioned that there was going to be, you know, with the COVID making the 
everybody work from home and that might be a permanent situation for a lot of people. And what is that going to, how's that going to affect real estate? So this is something we, we need to pay attention to, especially if you're an investor in real estate. Okay. So we're going to talk about those things, but of course, whatever's on your mind comes first. The Dow was actually ended up one point today, up one point. The NASDAQ down 262 points. So tech is still under a lot of pressure on the downside. The S&P down 31, so the overall market was down too. So the biggest companies, the Dow, Dow 30, did the best, holding up the best, trying to hold up. But, you know, the things that are making the market weak are still there. Ukraine-Russia war, uh, Fed's raising, going to raise rates. And, you know, there's that new COVID variant that they're watching that they're worried about. I don't think it's nothing to worry about for us. Um, I, I, I talked to my, uh, I have, um, my niece is married to a doctor who's a specialist in this area. And he uh, he assured me that the, the, the various variants that are going to come out are probably all going to be weaker than the first one. And so far, he's been right. So I'm not really too worried about it. The market might worry about it, though. That's what we have to consider, us investors. What will the market think? Justin and I are grateful for your podcast support, everybody. And our free downloads, will, of course, will continue them. I want to make sure, make you aware of two other ways to find our, um, our material and unbiased guidance. You can do that here on uh, Best Talk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. We're building out more content on both platforms, so give us some time. So go to your YouTube for or Instagram and search Invest Talk. Remember, use two T's and please tell your friends. This is Invest Talk. Lines are open. 888-99 chart. No two portfolios are alike, and every investor has a unique set of circumstances. The best way to get answers that correspond with your situation is for you to submit your questions to Steve Peasley and Justin Klein. The 24-hour listener line never closes, so don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Chuck and Clayton. Hey, I've been listening to you guys talk about rather than getting into the auto or the homes to get into people that do a supply chain. I've been looking at Legit, Legit, and Platt, ticker symbol L-E-G, Lincoln Edward George. Looks like they do a bunch of stuff to support automobiles and home furnishing and setups. I like the dividend, 4.35. Question one, can they sustain that? I also like the ratio that it's at right now of 13 to 14 with a 2.8 to 3.1 expected earnings. See that it's on a down spiral and wondering, is that going to continue? What are your thoughts? Thanks. Have a great day. Okay, Leggett and Platt Inc., L-E-G is a symbol, manufactures home furniture, commercial fixtures, and wire tubing materials. Okay, uh, It is a $4.7 billion company, so mid-cap. Um, it's going to make two eighty-three a share this year, $2.83. Next year, three oh-eight. And they've been increasing their earnings per share pretty consistently over the years. So three oh eight, and it's a thirty-five dollar stock. Okay, so what's that? Twelve PE or so. Anyways, um, 
Return on equity is 25%. Uh, I have the yield, dividend yield at 4.7, and, and they have that, that's not even a 60% payout ratio from the earnings to the yield. So that means they can sustain it. That's what that means. They're growing their sales 13% in the most recent quarter, 9%, 50%, 10%, all the quarters before that. And it has been falling pretty steadily. So where does it stop? <laughs> Let's take a look. I'm not I'm not keen on the area of housing and furniture right now. I'm just not one of my areas that I think I'd be comfortable with uh, going forward as interest rates rise. But it's right near, right around $30, and it's at 35 It looks like strong support to me. And ideally, that would be the place to get in if it holds that. But you got to wait to see if it holds. Don't jump in too quickly. Be in a rush. Again, I don't like uh, the home furniture aspect, really, in this company. Even though I don't think real estate's going to be doing that bad this year, uh, I just think that, you know, you're seeing reaction by investors getting out of that space because they think, as as I do, interest rates are rising, so the future's not as bright. My focus point today is based on the story behind the headlines, U.S.-listed Chinese shares are falling again. Okay, uh, so the point of this one, is, the point of this article that we were looking at is they were falling because there's a, a law out there, the U.S. Has, has a law out there that these listed Chinese shares on our stock, the law is called the Holding Foreign Companies Accountable, Accountable Act, in which they have to prevent, present their three years um, financials to the SEC. Well, that's not mind, mind you. That's not anything anything different on any of U.S. listed companies. They have to have always had to do that. But these are we're talking about ADRs, American Depository Receipts, foreign companies that want to list on our exchange, and the rules weren't all weren't exactly the same for them as they are for our own companies. Well, this act kind of even evened it out a little bit. Still not exactly the same. But anyways, the Security Exchange Commission, if they don't comply can delist them. And there's five big companies that are not compliant. And those five companies, Alibaba, Alibaba is one of them. Their, their stocks are tanking and they're, you know, these are big companies. It looks like uh, U.S. investors are readjusting their exposure to China because of this, you know, Russia, Ukraine thing. And is it going to, you know, do you, how much is it going to affect Relationships with China, and it's kind of interrelated there. So we'll see. We have good news for InvestTalk listeners and enjoy hearing unbiased answers to caller questions at a fast pace. We have posted our all-new February Rapid Fire Hour. 23 caller questions answered very quickly. Please tell your friends about the InvestTalk Radio Fire Podcast, Rapid Fire Podcast. We appreciate it. And now the InvestTalk phone lines are open, 888 99 chart. Have you heard about Riskalyze? It's a brief question and answer form that you fill out online. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein will also get a copy of your responses. They can use the Riskalyze results to help you formulate a strategy that fits your investing risk tolerance. 
Learn more anytime and take the Riskalyze quiz at investtalk.com. All right, Steve or Justin, you keep talking about switching into value. I'm looking at, I've had Ford for a little over a year now. I've done pretty well, but it's off its recent high from 25. It's down to about $17. I'm wondering if, that's, if I should possibly load up into some more Ford, or if you think that it can drop back down to that $11, $12 range that it was in for the past since like 2017. We'd love to hear you guys on the show. Thank you very much. Well, it may not get bound all the way to 11, but I would say between 12 and 13 is a real strong possibility. It's at $15.74 now. With this Ford Motor Company, everybody, symbol is F. Okay, everybody knows who they are. Uh, earnings are going, doing nicely. They're going to be $2.04 this year after being $1.78 last year. And next year, $2.28. So, you know, Ford has always had a pretty low PE. The range is 6 to 39. So a six P on two dollars and twenty eight cents stock, we're talking what thirteen dollars or so. So it's hard for me to believe that it'll go below you know twelve dollars, twelve thirteen dollars. Just can't see that happening. But I can see it going there. I just can't see it happening. Because you know Ford also has other problems. You know one of my talking points here. Ford is uh, selling their uh, their Explorer SUV. Without rear uh, climate controls, because of the chips, the chip shortage. What they did is they 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 moved the rear heating and air conditioning controls to the front seat area. They re-engineered the car because they don't have enough chips, so the people can get their Ford Explorer's SUV. So this chip shortage is still having an impact, and it could get worse. It doesn't necessarily have to get better. I, I think the supply chain is getting better, but, you know, just today we just read about China shutting down parts of Shenzhen again, the tech center of China, because of uh, COVID. Of course, they don't tell you much. They don't tell you hardly any information. But believe me, they don't want to shut down. That would not be their first choice because they need their in business to be in business. But that's what's happening. So Ford, and if Ford's doing it, you know the other car companies having the same issue, some kind of same issue, something. They have shortage of different things. Okay, let's squeeze in an iTunes uh, review question. This is from Michelle in Minneapolis. Uh, F-U-T-Y, F-U-T-Y is the symbol. Um, he didn't go on. Okay, uh, let's see. There it is. F-U-T-Y. Fidelity Miscellaneous Utility. So it's Utilities ETF, I think. Yeah. Anyways, her question is, thanks for the straight talk over the years. My 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 commute is productive and passes more quickly by listening to you. I'm wondering if it's too late to increase utility exposure with F-U-T-Y. Do you like the ETF? Okay, so in exchange-traded funds, seeking results corresponding to the MSUSA Utilities Index. So it's a utility sector. It's right at resistance right now, $45.38. And um, it's, a, it's a pretty small uh, ETF, $1.24 uh, is its size. Um, it pays a 2.8% dividend. I do like it still. I still think utilities in a, in a market that's kind of bumpy or not doing well, usually are hold up pretty good. 
But right now, it's right at resistance around $46. So I, I don't I don't want to buy it now. Maybe if it goes down to the low 40s, 42, 43, maybe I'll be a buyer there. But 46, if it breaks above 46.50, that means it broke out, and maybe that'd be a good place to buy. But right now, it's having a hard time getting above this. But I don't I, I don't mind having utilities because they are stable. It's a stabilizing force in your portfolio. Okay, let's go live and talk to Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Jessica, are you there? This is Steve, Steve Peasley. Hi, Steve. Good afternoon. Yes, I'm here. Okay, good. Yes. Go ahead and ask your question. Okay. Yes, my my question, well, my employer granted me a restricted stock account. And I don't know how this works. Uh, okay, so I'm not he, familiar he, with stock. he granted you restricted stocks. Is that what you said? Yes. Okay, and so they're restricted yes. because they have rules. That's what restricts. So he's given you stocks, but they have rules. You have to read what those rules are. They could be you. You here's the stocks, but you can't. Uh, you can't sell them for one year or two years, or they may have, you know, they may have different things that you have to comply with. Um, and you, that's a great thing, though. It's a very generous thing because you're going to get free money one way or another. But many times restricted stocks are tied to because they want to keep you as an employee. <laughs> so they kind of say, well, here's restricted stocks, but you don't get them unless you, you're here another year. So it depends on, you have to find out what were the rules that they set up for on the restricted stock, restricted stocks that they're giving you. If you send it, send me the information, I'll, I'll interpret it for you and I'll, I'll, I'll call you back or send you an email. We're moving into a break. My Investile phone lines are open. 888-99-CHART, everybody. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses 
for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com slash today. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99Chart. Hello, guys. This is Raphael from Jersey. I want to call about a stock I've been watching for a while, and I'm pretty bullish from everything I see right now. It's Crocs, C R O X, the weird shoe company. Um, this thing is down like 55% from its all time highs. Um, I'm looking at the Morningstar site, and everything is. Margins are at the highest levels. All everything's trending the right way. It looks like they're going to be deleveraging, and they're making a buyout of Hey Dudes shoes, which seems to be very popular when I check on Amazon and Instagram. The only thing that looks to be an issue is that the company is seeing a slowdown with supply. It, it can't sell enough because it can't source enough from the Vietnam shutdown. So everything I look at tells me this thing is awesome. The stock went down big on its last earnings report due to guidance of this issue. And it looks like on that day, management bought shares. Uh, insiders bought shares. So what do you guys think of Crocs? Thanks. Bye. Okay. He does uh, have a good point about valuation. It's a very good value. Crocs, symbol is C-R-O-X, manufactures men's, women's, children's footwear made with uh, proprietary resin material called Light. And acquired Hey Dude, a privately owned casual footwear brand for $2 billion in cash and $2,800,550, anyways, in shares. Okay. Um, it's not, you know, it's, it's amazing that that's a pretty big purchase of being that the Crocs is only, you know, a $4 billion company. So that's a swallow and a big competitor. Many times those take time to work out when they're that big. So I'm a little hesitant there. But the valuations are very good. They're going to make $10 a share this year, $12 a share next year to $67 stock. So we're talking 6 PE or so. Uh, Return equity is very high. They have a lot of debt. And then, you know, they do have a lot of debt. That's just the way it is. Sales growth is pretty spectacular. In the last six quarters, the least they grew is 43%. The highest is 93%. So it's having a very good rebound here in sales from the COVID year. Um, but it also peaked, as you say, about 180. Now it's down to 67. Just because it peaked at 180, 180 is way overpriced. Simple as that. Now it's much more reasonably priced. Um, my biggest fear is probably their debt. That's pretty big. And um, um, their shoes and footwear, clothing, they're very trendy. It's hard to know and hard for everybody to stay on top of the trend. My biggest fear of these kinds of companies. But it looks like a good value to me. No dividend, by the way. Now, uh, let's see. Here's another iTunes review question. This is from Football Dwayne. 
Uh, do you think small slash mid cap value at international stocks will outperform the market as a whole over the next 10 years? And if so, so is this a good time to enter these segments of the market? And lastly, what percent of these should a 38-year-old long-time investor hold in their portfolio? So, yes, I think value stocks and the whole range from small to large are a good place to be. Right now, when the market's really volatile, large companies are safer. They're not safe, but safer, more durable than the small and mid-cap. But I think we finally have seen this swing to value stocks versus growth. That does not mean growth won't work because there's going to be a lot of successful growth stocks. But value stocks have underperformed for so long, I think it's their turn. We'll see. We don't. No one knows for sure, but I'm more comfortable with the value side of the market. I would like some growth of my value stocks, but the answer is yes. Long term, I think they'll work just as good or better than growth. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see what else we got here. Let's grab another iTunes review call. Uh, Palowski boy uh, needs some advice. I gain. I've gained capital over the past few years and need advice on investing properly for the future. Should I a open a four hundred one k with thirty k in the income stocks or buy a house? Oh, jeez. <laughs> That's a whole, uh, third, invest income stocks such as QYLD. That's almost impossible to answer because you, if you're buying a house, your house, the house you're going to live in, is that what you're talking about? Because I think you should own your house. If you don't have a house, that would be my first place to think, even though uh, housing prices have been very high, but I have no idea where you are. So where you are might be a good place to buy. I don't know. I would all if your 401k, if your employer matches any money, I definitely would want to do that too, because you get free money if the employer matches. Does he match? You don't say. I don't know. So it's a very difficult answer to the question the way you have presented it to me because I don't have enough information. Okay, thanks for the call and thanks for the question though. Eight 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 ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. Um. We talked about Ford. How about Amazon? They announced a 20 for 1 stock split. So if you have one share, now you're going to have 20. That's going to be effective. Uh, they're going to vote on it, of course. But that's going to be effective on June 6th. That's when that happened. So that's a way down the little ways down the road. But I think a lot of people are missing the other part of their announcement, and that was the buyback, how much money they're spending on a buyback. They're spending... $10 billion, well, how much How much is that? You know, uh, that's about 7.5% of the total market capitalization. That's a pretty big stock buyback purchase number. And so that means you're going to reduce the number of shares outstanding by 7.5% or so. That means earnings per share is going to go up even if they don't sell anything more than they did last year. And they are, they are, they're growing their sales. So earnings per share is going to go up nicely because of the stock buyback, because we're taking stocks out of the open market. I think it also says something about the quality and strength of Amazon, that they're willing to spend $10 billion doing a stock buyback, as opposed to, I, I, what it is, I think is there's, they, they, you know, they have, Amazon has expansion cycles where it expands and then, 
I digest that expansion, and they just finished the last couple of years in this expansion cycle they have had, and therefore now they're you know they're going to share the wealth with you, the shareholders, basically what they're doing, which is a good thing. <laughs> Excuse me, so I like it. Just and I have said many times that we appreciate our diverse audience, and in fact, we receive caller questions from around the world and across America. So let's take a question now, this time from a listener in Florida. Hey, Stephen, Justin, this is Elena from Tampa. I'm calling today to see what your opinion is on Vale, D-A-L-E. It's an iron ore company in Brazil, and they also have a decent P.E. ratio, and it looks like the dividend is 16%. I don't see how that's possible, but I'm just wondering what your opinion is on, on Vale. Thanks for uh, your input, and really enjoy your show. I kind of like it. Uh, it's a Brazilian company. That's probably the only part I don't really care for because it's from Brazil and there's a lot of issues. Brazilian company engaged in the mining and exploration of minerals and in Brazil and five other countries. Now you want to find out where those five other countries are. Or hopefully none of them are in, the, uh, in Eastern Europe. Um, they're going to make $3.32 this year, then $2.49 next year. That's a, that, I don't like that. At the same time, their sales are growing. Why are the sales growing and earnings per share going down? That would be my biggest issue other than it's in Brazil. Uh, it says the dividend yields 15%. It's a $91 billion company. I don't think that that's – it's hard for me to believe that that's correct, um, that it's 15%. That might have been a one-time – sometimes you know, these companies offer a one-time dividend just one time and – yeah, it was 15% last year, but they didn't do anything the year before, and they probably may not do anything this year. you got to find that out, too. So there's certain things you got to find out here uh, before you can buy. Mutual funds have been net sellers, but slowly in the last year. In other words, they're not pushing into it, and only 19% of the companies owned by institutional investors and mutual funds. So it's not a lot. So there, there seems to be something. It's a really low price. I mean, it's a seventeen dollars stock and, and make two dollars and forty nine cents. Well, that because it made three thirty two and last year it made four dollars ninety three cents. So it's going down. The earnings per share is going down for three years in a row. Why? See, that's why the stock is cheap. So from a value point of view, it looks very valuable, and it's right up against. It hit resistance on on the price here recently. And then fell off. So it's having a hard time getting above $20 this year. Um, I'd wait till it fell again. If it falls down to the $11, $12 area, that'd be a much better place to buy. That is V-A-L-E. You're listening to Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And Justin Klein and I run uh, KPP Financial. We own it and manage it. And we are based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County in Southern California, between San Diego and L.A. County. Um, and I want to remind you that Talk and at KPP Financial, we operate with a philosophy, independent thinking, and shared success. We share that with our, with you, our clients. I mean, that's our philosophy. And how do we share it? By one of the ways is we, we, we practice what we call parallel investing in all our programs. In other words, it's Justin and I buy the same things for ourselves as we do for our clients. Same price, same percentages. We try to be on the same side of the table as our clients. 
And we're successful at that. We have to. I can't talk about it on the radio and not do it because, trust me, the SEC will come in and audit and they'll see that that's happening. You don't think I would get in lots and lots of trouble? Heck yeah. So if you want us to take a look at your portfolio and give you our opinion on it, we'd be happy to do that. Just send us an email, give us a call, you know, go to KPP Financial or investtalk.com and click on the contact us button that sends us an email and makes a request. There's different ways you can get a hold of us, many different ways. There's no obligation. We'll be happy to take a look at your portfolio, talk to you about your risk tolerance and see if it matches. Maybe it doesn't. A lot of times it doesn't. But we will help you. We promise we'll help you. You don't, there's no obligation. Truly is no obligation. This is Invest Talk. Justin Klein, I thank you for downloading our podcast and telling your friends about us. We'll be uh, tackling another caller question in just a second. Hang on. 888 The Invest Talk Voice Bank never closes. I have a question for you about Amazon. So your questions keep coming. Question about PE ratios. And that's okay because Steve Peasley and Justin Klein specialize in unbiased guidance. If I'm looking at a dividend company, I'm looking for consistency of earnings and dividends. Your standard daily chart typically goes back one year. Steve and Justin are fearless. So don't forget to call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. Paul of Mountain View. I got two quickies for you. One, how do you determine if a stock is too expensive to buy? And number two, what, when, how do you determine when there's a good entry point into a stock? Two excellent questions, by the way. Very good questions. So how do I tell you, well, this looks like a good value, or this stock is uh, you know, inexpensive, or this stock is too expensive? And you know, it's it's nothing that you can like say. Okay, here's the rule: boom, 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 and just follow those rules. Because each sector of the market, each sector of the stock market, you know, tech stocks sell at different PE and price to sales ratios than a steel company. A tech stock would have a much higher average PE and a much higher sales ratio, whereas a steel company would have very low. An auto company very low, except when you talk about Tesla. You know, so you can't just say, well, this stock is very high. I, you have to relate it to its own industry norms. Now, I can tell you, Paul, that the overall market P ratio is 15. So uh, on a general basis, if something's selling at a 20 PE, you would say, well, that's more, that's expensive. But not necessarily if the growth of that company is more than 20% and it's in a high a margin company, see, it's not that easy. I wish I could just give you the numbers and there you go. It's not. It takes a little experience, okay? And the other question you had, um, um, uh, uh, entry points entry is, point. yeah, entry points is, is based on a chart. And chart reading is not a science. It's an art, so it just tends to be true. It's not always true. So when I say, well, it looks like a good entry point around $20, that means the stock may be above that area, and if it comes back down to that area, that's where buyers seem to have come in before and push it back up again. So that's what we call support. So if the stock comes down to this area, that's looking at a chart, a one-year chart. That's where it's been coming you know, people come in to start buying it because they think it's cheap. Remember, it's, it's an art, not a science. So those are two excellent questions that don't have hard and fast answers. Sorry about that, Paul. 
<laughs> Thanks for the call question. The question, though, that was an excellent question. Thank you. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind this headline How could your portfolio be impacted as a Fed shrinks its $9 trillion bond program? $9 trillion. So, how is that going to impact your portfolio? That's next. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live. 888 99Chart. Markets react to uncertainty. Are you prepared? Is your portfolio balanced? Is it optimized? Your financial future depends on the answers to those questions. Steve Peasley is here now and he's ready to talk with you. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Nick from Los Angeles calling about IIPR, Innovative Industrial Properties. I own it around 175, bought it last spring. It did very well before collapsing due to uh, impending interest rate rises. I was just calling them to uh, inquire about what you know about their business model, as I know that you hold them yourselves. I know they're sort of a landlord or a REIT that uh, leases property to large marijuana growing facilities. How do they do it so profitably? I'll be listening on the podcast. Thank you. Okay. IIPR is Innovative in, uh, Industry Properties, retargets acquisition of industrial real estate assets that are used for growing medical use cannabis. And we own this in one of our managed accounts um, and have for a bit. Um, we like we like the earnings and the growth of sales. And so this is a growth, a, a, a growth company. Um, they're going to make, okay, in 2021, they made $6.67 a share. 2022, they're going to make $8.82 a share. That's a 32% increase. Next year, another 21% increase at $10.70 a share, and it's a $183 stock. So it's what? It's 18, 17, 18 PE. Okay. Uh, pays a dividend of 3.3%. We like that. Sales growth, uh, um, well over 100% growth up until two quarters ago, and then it went down 57% growth, and then most recent quarter, 59% growth. So, you know, it's growing very, very fast. Why? Because this whole medical use cannabis area is growing very, very fast, and we think they are one of the leaders. It's a $4.7 billion company, not small, and we think it's fairly inexpensive still. So... We like it a lot. Um, it's fallen off its high, uh, as he pointed out. Uh, and that high was right around uh, the high of about $268, and now it's $183. We find that about $170 uh, has been very strong support for this company. So it's $183 now. Like it at this point. Okay. Um, Office buildings, offices, specifically office towers in big cities, are they obsolete these days? I mean, for instance, uh, the tallest building, one of the tallest buildings in St. Louis, lost 96% of its value. 96%. Another, the World Trade Center in Denver, they face foreclosure. These are big, tall, massive buildings and downtowns and it's all because people don't want to work in an office anymore that 
ever since COVID, the movement was already work for home movement. There was already, that was been going on for a number of years and it was also accelerating. More and more people work from home. But COVID really gave the catalyst, work from home. Many people don't work from home, don't go back to the office yet. Apple, I think, a couple of Silicon Valley are saying with their worker, they want the workers to return to the office. But there's a lot of resistance out there. In my own building complex, we have a complex of maybe like five buildings, maybe all five or six stories each in Irvine. And I have noticed many places that have big offices, the employees have not returned. So I think this phenomena is going to continue. So if you're buying real estate, if you're buying a REIT, real estate investment trust, as an ETF or whatever, be cognizant that if they're in big office tower buildings, uh, give that second thought. I don't know if I want to be in that area. And I don't think it's going to end. I think it's going to continue. I think this is permanent. Also, just think about how this will affect real estate prices for homes. I mean, you know, we know prices have skyrocketed in many places, right? I think that's going to continue, especially in the more rural areas where people can work from home. Just be aware. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTalk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. We encourage you to tell your friends and family members about our free podcast. We would appreciate that. We do keep track of our downloaded numbers, and we've already achieved more than about 39 million podcast downloads. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. So you can get your InvestTalk podcast anytime at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Please be sure to review and rate us on iTunes if you listen there. Appreciate that, too. Uh, independent thing you share success, everybody. This is InvestTalk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, It's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 